TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, as we get ready to close out uh, June, the next couple of days, we come your way here at 6, right up until 7 o'clock, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, as always, brought to you by those who drink it on a uh, summer Monday night after a uh, very nice day, beautiful 86-degree day out there today, and uh, as we inch inch a little closer to what we hope is the uh, start of these seasons at the end of the month. Uh, baseball targeting, obviously, July 23rd, and then everything falling into place right around the same time. We still have golf, as you saw Dustin Johnson uh, show you what he can do when he's... Listen, when he, you know, we talked about him. A caller brought him up the other day and talked about, you know, uh, we talked about him and Rory and how they don't win enough, and they don't. Dustin Johnson has as much talent, if not more, than anybody in golf. Everyone knows that. And Tita Greeny can be utterly brilliant. His putter usually lets him down. Um, uh, Maybe sometimes it's concentration. Often it's the putter more than anything else. But when he puts it together, you can see how good a player he can be. And obviously on Saturday with that incredible performance, and then Sunday he was good enough where there was no one else really close enough to put enough pressure on him. And then Todd fell apart, and DJ went on to a win. He continues to get his wins. You look at the career and say, impressive. Yes, but it's a lot like Freddie Couples' career, where you look at it, and it looks impressive. But then the people in the sport think, oh, there's so much talent there that it should have been so much more. Now, Dustin Johnson gets to decide what his career is. No one else does. And maybe he's content with his career and somebody else wouldn't be. Who knows? We do know, though, that he has just unbelievable ability. I mean, you saw him yesterday on, I think it was the fourth hole. It might have been the third, but I think it was the fourth, where he drives it left. Todd, they're playing pretty much those two were comfortably in front. Todd at the time hadn't blown up yet. He hits it down the middle with a three-wood. Leaves himself like 207 yards to the hole. Uh, DJ rips it down the left side and buries it. I mean, buries it in the rough where you can't even see it. And they're saying, hey, 
Look at it. I mean, what a lot. You can't even see the ball. He goes over there and 164 yards from the, from, from the flag and leaves it basically about two feet from the flag. I mean, digs out a ball that you can't even see because of his incredible strength and the talent that he has and the distance that he has. I mean, just utterly unbelievable. It's effortless to just take it, knock it within about two feet of the, of the pin, make a bird, and away we go. And that's really what you know you deal with with him all the time. He can be as good as anybody. Uh, he can be better than anybody when he plays on that level, especially when the putter works. And uh, yesterday he wins a tournament where they had their own things to fight with last week. I mean, they have... You know, they had enough guys test positive to at least have them change a little bit of their protocols uh, as they start to move ahead to tournaments with some fans, to majors without fans. So uh, golf's going to get a little deeper in the weeks to come. We'll probably see Tiger Woods join the fray. Phil, as I told you, uh, after the sizzling Friday, I did not expect him to have a big weekend. I just, listen, I root for him all the time. I've always rooted for him, but I just feel at this age now, it's very difficult for him to put four consistent rounds together. It just is very hard for him to do, and you saw brilliance on Thursday and Friday, and then you saw less than that on the weekend, and I think that's it. I, I didn't think he would, uh, and, he, and obviously it didn't happen, uh, and Dustin Johnson went on to a victory and strung together his very impressive runs of at least winning a tournament in each year. A couple things going on. Obviously, 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues. You know, when I think of the Negro Leagues, and I'm not someone who was a big historian of the Negro Leagues, but what I think about is not the guys who came through it that became big stars in baseball because they got their chance. What I think about is the guys, and it's heartbreaking, and it's it's everything that sports not supposed to be. What sports was supposed to be in this country was a place where it didn't matter where you were from. And it didn't matter what your name was or what your education was or what your parents did or what color you are or anything else. Sports was different. It was the place where it was a meritocracy. And if you're good enough, you know what? That's it. That's all you have to prove. And that wasn't the case then. And that is one of the most criminal things that you can ever think of because there were players there. There were players there that we probably don't even know the names of who played in that league who would have been great players. We know the the, the legends of the Josh Gibsons and guys like that. But there were guys there that I never – I don't even know their names. You might not know their names. And these guys would have been – enormous stars had they been allowed, just been allowed to do what they were given the gift to do. And to me, that is, it, it's, it's, so, it's so wrong. And it's so heartbreaking that you just, it, it, it's sad. I mean, it really is. It, it's, you know, you, you feel very good that it changed so that you got to see uh, Hank Aaron and Frank Robinson and Willie Mays and all the great players. I mean, the litany is endless of minority players who have become enormous stars since. And we don't even think in those terms anymore, thankfully. 
Okay, I mean, obviously, right now, race is a very big issue in the country, but it's not the issue in sports where you're worried about guys getting a chance. And we still fought that at times in the NFL when it came to the quarterback position for a long time. Not in the same overt way, but obviously uh, along the same lines where they just would make sure guys wouldn't get chances. And uh, along that vein, quarterback was in the news, obviously, with Cam Newton which makes plenty of sense. When you think about it, it would have made no sense for Cam Newton to go somewhere where he couldn't play. What Cam Newton needed was to go to a team where if he plays well, he's going to win the job. And to give the team that was going to take a chance on him a chance to get a contract they could live with, and maybe they could elevate it. And what better place for Cam Newton than New England? Now, we didn't know if Belichick wanted Cam Newton or not. But obviously, it makes plenty of sense. I mean, if he plays to the ability close to the health and the ability that we know he can play to, he's going to lift that team a lot, and he's going to fit in well there. You know what? And it's a, good, it's, a, it's a good opportunity because they have, you know, they don't have a guy sitting in front of him who's got to play. If he'd gone to another team... It didn't matter. He wasn't going to get a chance to play unless somebody got hurt. Now, that's not the case. Now he's got a chance to win it just based on his own ability, and that's what it's about. So from the Pats, to me, it's a no-brainer. Pats getting slapped on the wrist again. Here's the thing about the Pats. The Pats are, from a football standpoint, light years ahead of everybody else in the NFL. We all know that. But it is comical the way they continue to break the rules and get slapped on the wrist. It's just comical that that goes on time and time again. They must have good laughs inside the organization because they continue to push the envelope. They continue to stretch the rules. They continue to completely break the rules, and they get away with it because they get slapped on the wrist. I mean, what they got? Look at, look at the penalties they got for the last one. I mean, really, they lost a million bucks? And a third-round pick? Well, that's going to kill them. It really is. Uh, so, and their guy can't go on the road this year? Really? Okay. You know, so, hey, like I said, light years ahead and... The NFL still doesn't come down on them. That's just the way it is. I mean, that's the way it's been week after week. Um, baseball now, players, and we're going to get more of this. I don't know how many more. We're going to get players for a variety of reasons. Hey, my wife uh, is someone who is vulnerable if she gets the virus or someone in my family is or I have young kids or I don't want to risk it or whatever it may be. And uh, Zimmerman and Leak will not be the last names. And Ross, they won't be the last names. There'll be more names. So there will be players that won't play. Okay? If that happens, it happens. You know, you're going to have to deal with it. That's all there is to it. Now, if it gets to be a very long list, well, then baseball is going to have an issue. But uh, we'll see how that list gets bigger and bigger by the day or how big it gets and how many prominent, prominent players uh, find themselves on that list. Um, I know we're in a time right now where a lot of leagues, you saw the SEC with the Confederate flag, made plenty of sense. They threw their weight around in a very big way there and had a very big part of what's going on there. And should be commended. That makes plenty of sense. That's an easy one. 
what I don't understand is why if you're a league or you're selling a product, and the league is selling a product, why you want to annoy any part of the constituency. See, to me, if you're a product, if you're trying to sell a product, if you're in business, if you're Nike, if you're uh, Kellogg's, if you're Hellman's, if you're Coca-Cola, you want everybody to use your product. Same thing with the NBA. Same thing with Major League Baseball. Same thing with the NFL. You want everybody to use your product, I would think. Not some people, everybody. So you don't want to take stances that annoys anybody. So if you want to say things or certain things we didn't do right and we want to give our players more time, a line for expression or more time for expression or more of a venue, fine. As the NFL said, fine. The NBA's always been open to that. But why would you want to go to the, the – I didn't understand why you would want to go to the place to have players putting statements on their uniforms because you know – and it didn't take a day. I said this to someone two days ago, and it didn't take a day for it to happen. I said within a week of that happening, somebody will put an offensive statement on their uniform and they'll have a problem. Didn't even take that. Morant's already had to come out and apologize. And they haven't even gotten on the court yet. Why would you go there? Why do you want to have anybody? Why would you? Because you know there's going to be someone, and it didn't even take two days for John Morant to come through. Now, I didn't even understand the expression that he used because I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't aware of it. Okay, I didn't know the expression. I mean, I understood the profanity. I didn't understand the code of the expression. Okay, I had not, been pre- I had not seen that before. But the point is, why do you – there's injustices that should be righted, that we all know should be righted. We understand that. But why do you want to go when your job is to sell a product and you want everybody to use your product? Why do you want to go to a point where you know you're going to push that envelope to offend somebody? I don't understand that part. To me, it's just not smart business. And to allow players to make social statements on their uniforms, you're asking for that to happen. Because who's going to be the one who judges when it's over the line? Is it the commissioner? Are we going to have to send the commissioner each, each uniform shirt? Are we going to have the head coach decide that? Are we going to have the general managers decide that? Why open up that kind of problem for your own organization where you have to spend time doing that? That made no sense to me. You're playing basketball. You're playing football. You're playing baseball. Hey, a player is a celebrity in this country. He has a bully pulpit. He has a, a, a place where he can use his celebrity. He can use his influence. He can use his money to push what he believes are important issues. He's got 24 hours in a day, and he's got no problem with that. During the game, to me, is not the time. That should be about the game. That should be because all it's going to do is cause some issues. And look, it didn't take Morant one day to have to pull back and apologize for what was going to be on the back of his jersey. Not one day. 
I just didn't buy that. I, I just thought it was I thought it was bad business. I just I just don't see to me you want everybody to like your league. You don't want somebody to like your league. You don't want to leave anybody out. You want everyone to like your league. You want everyone to be a fan of the league. Why wouldn't you? Just like Coca-Cola wants everybody to drink their, their soda. And Nike wants everyone to wear their shoes. And, you know, and Ralph Lauren wants everyone to, you know, buy his clothes. Whatever it may be. You get the point? There's branding, and then there's doing things that are counterproductive to your own business. That one, I thought, was one that wasn't well thought out. Because that could only lead down a road where you knew there are going to be players that are going to push the envelope. And it did, like I said, it didn't take a day for them to have to already back a guy, have him apologize, back, back off what he could do. It wasn't going to go. Had to, had to pull it back. Had to pull it off social media. It's the whole thing. And that's one day into the, into the idea of that. I just didn't get it. All right, uh, as we said, Casamigas, as always, sponsors the program. Uh, we'll get to your calls when we come back. All right, the NFL has advised teams that training camps are expected to begin as scheduled on July 28th. The league held a uh, meeting with owners and came away with a bunch of stuff, including uh, Goodell uh, telling everybody that, uh, that the league's focus is to get ready for games and that the stadiums are open and are there to engage both the fans in the stadiums and through media partners. So the NFL is planning at the moment on having fans in the stadiums. Uh, The NFL said that they have uh, guidelines for protocols and procedures with players that still have to be uh, developed. Uh, The league is setting up a very ambitious testing program, but added that testing alone will not be sufficient to keep everybody healthy. It's vitally important to keep social distance and to use masks when possible. Uh, The league also uh, is through their message this year of inspiring change, is setting up a very, very uh, extensive and very uh, ambitious NFL voting education and registration initiative. The NFL uh, wants to, and the NFLPA want to work to have people everywhere in the country make sure they register to vote and vote this year, that they expect want to spend a lot of money on that. Uh, Our goal is for everyone associated with the NFL to vote, to inspire others to vote, to register to vote, and to inspire everybody else. We have a shared right and obligation to go vote, said uh, one of the NFL senior vice presidents, Anna Isaacson. So um, the NFL is obviously looking to set forth a little different path this year, but right now they are planning. The biggest thing there is that they are planning fans in their stadium. NFL owners also said that they will have, they will have topped-off seats in stadiums near the field to keep distance between players and people in the stands and on the sidelines, and that they have allowed teams the right to sell that space to advertisers. They're also uh, coming up with new masks for stadiums. They're working on new different kinds of masks 
there's going to be this new sports mask that is is being developed. So uh, that, that's another thing that's going on. So I, uh, obviously, the NFL is taking a very ambitious stance. They're starting a lot later than everybody else. They're going to have the advantage of seeing what happens with the other sports, whether they can get off the ground, whether they can keep their people healthy. The Athletic reporting uh, right now that Dinwiddie has tested positive uh, for the virus. So uh, each day they will get to see how the other leagues do it before they even hit training camp. No one knows yet where we are, especially when you see some of the things coming out of the uh, Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization about things that they're stating, which are to be honest with you, rather ominous, but we'll see, we'll see what's fact and what's fiction. I mean, that's what, basically we'll see where the virus takes us. I, I don't think any of us know whether we're going to have, you know, more outbreaks and more, of sur- and more surges uh, as we start to have sports come back. We're going to find out. Who knows? We just don't know. We're going to let them play it a day at a time, see how they play it. I, th- I think what they have to have protocols that are critical about, I think the thing that the owners have to be committed to, and they don't have to tell anybody about it. They don't have to, they don't have to make it public. They don't have to tell the media. They don't have to tell the fans. They don't tell anybody. But they have to know in their heads what will shut us down and what won't shut us down. What can we tolerate? What can we play through? That's critical. If I were involved in the league and I had all the owners together, I would sit them down and say, listen, this is something we have got to have a consensus on. What is going to be too much for us to deal with? What isn't too much for us to deal with? As far as players, teams, coaches getting sick. Because you know there's going to be some of that look. Golf has got a perfect sport. Individual players, a lot of them travel individually. They don't come, they're outside. And you've seen now about seven golfers impacted in the last week. So, again, one step at a time with this stuff. That's all you can do. And that's all, any, that's all anybody can do. So we just don't know. So I think we're going to have a sense. I, I, listen, I just heard today, and sadly, that, and, and I expected it. And for some reason, this has, has been a, almost a little bit of a compass because in those confined Seating areas, when it comes back, you know that we're in a pretty decent place. Broadway just closed down through the end of the year. They hope to come back when the New Year starts. We're still a ways away from being in cramped arenas, you know, small theaters, stuff like that where we're, you know, on top of each other and being able to handle that. So we don't have any therapeutics yet. We don't have any uh, vaccines yet. 
We're hopeful about that. Maybe by the fall, maybe by the new year. Who knows? I, I, I can't – you know, as crazy as all this has been, I think once we get to Halloween, if we haven't gotten past this, it's going to be so strange to go through a holiday season in America from Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas season where you would take away the Christmas retail, Christmas parties, Christmas shopping, just the whole, you would almost shut down Christmas, uh, which would be the final straw for a year that none of us will ever forget. But who knows? I mean, we still don't know. Listen, I waited for months to find out if my kids were going to go to camp. They didn't go to camp. I still don't know if they're going to school in September. Here it is July 4th. I don't know if they're going to school in September. Or uh, I know they're going to be going to school on video, but are they going to school? Will my boys have sports teams? I, I don't know. We don't know. We just don't know any of that stuff yet. So a lot of this is day to day. It still is. All right, Greg and Tom's River starts us off. What's up, Greg? Mike, yes, Greg. Uh, I was uh, listening to you earlier when you were talking about that lost opportunities for the players, some of them even before the Negro Leagues. And I'm thinking, you know, I thought if you extrapolate that over the entire African-American community, can you imagine how much intellectual talent that was wasted for lack of opportunity? You know, uh, I, 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 African, I, 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 I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I, I, I really can't, no. I mean, I can't. I have no way of. Ju- I have no way of putting that in any perspective. I don't know. No, I'm just saying, from a social context, how many how many African Americans could have been scientists or teachers or doctors? Oh, sure. It's, sure. It's, it's it's so sad that that people would grow up. Well, but these guys were playing though. The thing is though, yeah. these guys were were performing. These guys were showing how good they were, and they weren't allowed to play. Yeah, they were. You know. Talent. Yeah, they were proven, I and mean, we, we knew how good they were. We knew that Jackie Robinson, who came in and was a star, was, in those guys' eyes, not a big player in their league. I mean, he was a nice player, but he wasn't a big player. He wasn't one of their superstar players. And, you know, they, they didn't look at Jackie as that being, you know, you know, he wasn't Satchel Paige. He wasn't Josh Gibson. He wasn't those kind of guys, you know. So, I mean, we did see Satchel Paige come in later on into the major leagues, but he was way past his prime as a pitcher, yeah. you know, when and he Jackie, came. Jackie yeah. was lucky to have the right makeup to, to be the, to the Well, yes, and, and, and it took a hero to do it. I mean, listen, it was very – just and also for Larry Doby, who doesn't – and thanks for the call, who doesn't get credit yep. uh, because he fought just as much. I mean. Uh, but he was second, and second, you know, it's not first. So that's in history. That's just the way it works. But hey, it took a lot. It took a lot, and it took the help of guys like Branca, you know, uh, especially who doesn't get enough credit for what he did and how good he was to Jackie. Quietly, Tyler in Suffolk County. What's up, Tyler? Hey, hey Mike. Hey, big fan. Hope thank you. you what's and up, your family? Thank are you. well. Um, Thank you, yeah, two parts to the uh, upcoming baseball season with the 60 games. I mean, not too happy, but it is what it is. You know, we like you said, we live in the world of the unknown, unknown these days, and got to do what we got to do. And um, do you think, like, with the coronavirus, keep you know more cases in this, more people sitting out? Is it they have to sit out for a certain period of time with the 60 games? 
you know, it's going to reflect the playoffs, you know, and like having the good guys in if people have cases. But sometimes they're not all, you know, tested positive, you know. Sometimes it could be something else. And the second part. I don't understand um, what you just said. Mike? I don't understand what you just said. What, 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 I don't know what it, you just said. With the upcoming baseball season, right. you see more when more if more cases of players get say they get coronavirus, right. are they going to have to sit out a couple weeks and yes. wait for the short season? Yes, they are. Like, I mean, that's it, and that's and, and and that's what the and thanks for the call. That's what the league has to deal with. Is yes, uh, is what happens when a team is down three starting pitchers. Or, you know, a team gets a real rash of uh, uh, a real run on it where they have, you know, Clemson had 35 players test positive. Is every positive test, if you don't have any symptoms, you automatically have to sit out? Do we make an assessment on that? I mean, there are so many things that you have to go through that we just don't know about. I mean, we, we we just don't. And you're going to have to, like I said, the leagues are going to be challenged here because they're, they're, it's almost not fair to the leagues. And listen, nobody told the leagues to came, come back. The leagues came back because they want the money. That's why they came back. They came back for the TV money. That's why they came back. They didn't come back for you and me. They didn't come back because they thought they had a responsibility to came back. They came back for the television money. That's why they came back. Okay, which is, that's not a right, or there's not anything wrong with that, but that's why they came back. They came back because they did not want to, they wanted to salvage whatever they could salvage from the season, which is fine. This is what they do. This is their business, so there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to apologize for that, but it's not anything more than that. That's what it is. They are going to put a, like, baseball's gotten a little goofy here. They, they've, the the DH was a was a rule that's time has long come. I mean, it it belonged to baseball years ago. The rest of the world's playing it. The uh, National League incorporates it a period of the time and tries to incorporate it whenever they can conveniently in the spring training. So it was time for that. But the other rules baseball's trying to put in as far as in game stuff, a lot of it's ridiculous. It really is. A lot of it is just. I, I don't I don't know where they got some of the stuff. It's so it's so silly. Iron Staten Island, what's up, Iron? Hey, hey, what's happening, Mike? How are what's you? Good. What's talk up? about day to day living. That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, just, I mean, you got you and you're just planning. and you're just on the fly. That's all. That's it. That's it. But you know, I, before I just want to get with, with Newton and a couple of football stuff. Um, listen, I knew Belichick was never going into this season with Stidham. You know, there was no chance. I thought Duong was going to be a guy all along. Newton makes sense because McDaniels tailored an offense for Tebow. All right. He did it for Percet. And now they're going to do it for um, Newton. And Newton reminds me of the same type of move that Parcells made in 98 when Foley was the starter. And he did start a couple of games. And they signed Vinny late June. And we all know how that turned out. I think Newton will have success with New England. Hey, Newton's got a chance to be, you know, Newton has got a, got a chance to have a lot of success there. You know, let's see what happens. He's going to be in a very, with a very solid uh, football operation, uh, a, a no-nonsense operation that will play to his skills, no question. Um, 
Now, he's got to play well. That's all there is to it. And uh, he's got to be a team guy, which he hasn't always been. So, I mean, he'll have to make his own little adjustments. But I'm sure he's capable of making them. Hey, they all do when they go up to Foxborough. And, you know, with, with my, my guy, my Adams guy, you know, do me a favor. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I mean, give me a break. You know, what he put out there on social media, you know, praising Belichick and the Pats for making the move to get Newton. I mean, come on. How hey, about he, he has rubbed the Jets. No, the Jets have got to show some toughness and stop letting a player embarrass them. A player, a player who is so valuable to them that they have won six games a year when he's been here. So, I mean, the bottom line is they, they've lost with him. They can lose without him. And, and you, they, they don't need this guy who's never led them to anything to rub their he, – he's rubbed their noses in it. I mean, yeah, on, yeah. On, on, on countless occasions. I mean, it was bad enough when he said that he didn't need to have his contract redone by other teams. I mean, how much of a slap in the face can you take? I, I believe me, I do not want to see him in a jet uniform ever again. Trust me, that, that's how I feel. And with the NFL, with the, with the fans, I get it. It's money, I get all of that. Mike, I know what's going on with the day camps out here in Staten Island. The protocol to get 100 oh. or 75 kids at the day insane. camp is almost impossible. Insane. 20,000 people in. It's I insane. mean, they couldn't get the camps open uh, that my boys went to. They, 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 and, they, and they even admitted the guys running it said, we just could not deal with the, with the, with the, with the regulations. We could not right. deal with them. We could not run a camp with the regulations they were installing. We could not run a camp. So, I mean, they, so, hey, it's going to be very hard for these leagues, uh, much harder than people think. This is a very hard thing they're trying to, to do here. And if the wrong player gets sick, it will really, really make the players very, very shaky as a group. So that's Why? something to watch because the players, they worry about their livelihood and they worry about their well-being, as they should because that's their livelihood. And if they see the wrong guy get sick, this could get, uh, it could get ugly. And, and God forbid, it's, it, you know, something seriously happens to, to one of these players oh. and coaches. Uh, just, oh, please. You know, I, Mike, I'm at a point right now, if it, and I know economically it's not good, but if the four major sports wanted to shut it down and just have your golf and, or bowling or whatever it might be, I'm all for it. They'd have every right to do it, but then I, I, I think they've gone too far down the road. I, I thought there was a time, uh, and thanks for the call a couple of weeks ago, where they might go in that direction. It would take a massive outbreak before baseball opens for that to happen. Uh, is it possible? Hey, we all know with this thing, anything is possible, okay? Like I said, it, and that's why I try to cut the league some slack, all of them, because, hey, they're, they're dealing with a group of, of uh, parameters that change daily. So, I mean, you, I mean the, the, this is not an easy thing they're trying to accomplish. Now, like I said, they're not accomplishing it because they feel like they have to do it for the greater good. They're doing it for their own greed. We understand why they're doing it. But it's still difficult to pull off back after this. All right, let's get back. Dave in the Bronx. What's up, Dave? How you doing, Mike? Good, Dave. What's you up? Know, uh, uh, Bobby Mitchell just died, I believe, last week. Yep. He was, uh, they retired his number. Him, Sammy Ball was the only other... I had a friend, I, I'm a retired high school social studies teacher, 
friend who was a math teacher, happened to be African-American from Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. He said after church, his family would go up to see the Redskins. The only black player was Bobby Mitchell. And matter of fact, they made such a deal that if he didn't draft him, he was to draft Ernie Davis, who died, whatever, uh, they were uh, going to allow uh, the Redskins to play at RFK Stadium. Well, you know that. I mean, the owner was a you know the owner was a bigot. I mean, we all know that. I mean, listen, he he, he traded away the rights to great they, players. Yeah, I mean, he traded yeah tra- they, he traded away great player after great player. Yeah, they changed the section that at the stadium for uh, that was George Press to Bobby Mitchell's section. Yeah, he was supposed to be general manager. Jack Ken Cook was supposed to May was assistant. He was a little uh, angry about that. Well, you crazy. know what? Yeah, you, absolutely. I mean, listen, it was a joke. I mean, you know, listen, it was amazing it, it, for that time, though. It yeah, was, and 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 just destroyed his club too. Because look at how many great players he just he, he wouldn't go near. I mean, you know, he and thanks for the call. He, he had a chance for these, you know, to to land these great players, and he just gave them away rather than have any any black players. It was ridiculous. Um, Jaquan and Patterson, what's up? Hello. Hello. Yeah, Jaquan, what's up? You got to turn your radio down. Can't have your radio on, Jaquan. I'm sorry. Uh, thanks. Uh, move on. Let's go. Listen, folks, if you call, I'll put you up, okay? You can't have your radio on. You cannot listen to yourself on the radio if you never called before. Cannot lift, put your radio on and listen. It doesn't work. If you want to go on the radio, go on the phone, but you're not going to hear yourself at the same time. It can't be done, okay? So uh, please just realize you got to turn your radio down. If you want to listen to the call, by all means, call back, but you got to turn your radio down, okay? Uh, Brito in Bayside. What's up, Brito? Hey, what's going on, Mike? Uh, first time, long time here yeah. listening. Um uh, Going back to the days where you and Dog, me and my father be in the car listening when the Mets and the Giants were going to play, and I used to hate listening to Chris go and bash against my Mets. But I just wanted to ask you, man, uh, Saratoga coming up. We go every year, like mid-August, man. Do you think there's any shot we got a chance to have no. some type of fans in the building? No. Even mid-August, like even like no. August 15th? Is can't, no. can't do it. Uh, you know, because to do it, to do it, and just pick a date randomly and say, now we're going to put fans in the building would be so unpopular. Plus, they don't have the people, and thanks for the call, Brito, they don't have the people who they need to run that outfit. The, a lot of the people who are going to work at Saratoga for the summer have to get their living quarters by April. A lot of them are downstate people from here. A lot of people come from different parts. They come from Kentucky to work Saratoga. They come from down here. Obviously, a lot of the Naira people go up and uh, either you know split living conditions or get their own living conditions. They have to do that by April. They that place, if they opened it up to the public and said, "Oh, we're going to open it up with two weeks to go," they'd have crowds in there of you know if they allowed it. 40,000, 50,000, let's say they said, well, you're only letting 25, and they wouldn't have the people, they'd have to go out and hire the people as part-time workers. They wouldn't be people who would know how to run Saratoga. It would, it's a, the logistics aren't going to work. They're going to have to, now they're going to race in Saratoga. We know that. Okay, they've already put out the schedule as far as the the, uh, big races. We know they're going to race in Saratoga. They're not going to have as many big races and as many uh, expensive you know, purses as they've had in the past because they had to cut down a little bit. They will have racing every day. 
You're going to be able to view it. Um, there's been some talk of letting owners come to the barns or maybe letting owners come to the track. I'm actually – owners going to the barns in, this morning, in the morning should be completely legal as long as they socially distance. That should be completely legal. That's, we've earned that right. We pay for it. That, that's, that's something that's our prerogative. That should be something that should be without question. I don't think they should let owners in the track in the afternoon because I think it's unfair. It's unfair to the people who love Saratoga, who are great fans, who go every year, who support the product, who are the staple of the product and can't go this year. So we as owners shouldn't get to go either. So I don't think any of us should get to go in the afternoon. But I think in the morning, to be able to go see your horses, like we have, we have four two-year-olds that I co-own, uh, okay? Um, I've never seen them. We buy them last year. We haven't seen them. We usually don't see them till either Belmont or Saratoga. Uh, they don't really come. They don't usually come from the farm until July. They're coming up now. They're in Saratoga now, or they're in Belmont now training. I've never even seen them. I haven't even seen these horses yet. So we should be allowed as owners to go to the tr- to go to the barns in the morning. I don't think there's any question about that as long as they keep the number where they need to keep it uh, as far as being socially distant and protective and everything. That's fine. But I don't think we should be allowed to get any advantages and go into the track in the afternoon either because there's too many good fans who are the heart of racing, who are great fans who go to Saratoga every year and live to go to Saratoga and are heartbroken they can't go to Saratoga this year. And they sh- we shouldn't get to go in, and they don't. I don't think it's fair just because we own the horses. I don't think it's fair at all. So I would be uh, diametrically opposed to that because everybody it should be everybody or nobody, and I think we're all going to have to suffer through it. And, and missing Saratoga is one of the great uh, – one of the real tough things to digest this year. Because if it's part of your life, it's been part of your life for so many years. It's a ritual of your year. And I know this summer a lot of people are losing a lot of the rituals of their summers, things they've always done every year and they can't do this year or they have to cut back on what they're doing, whatever it may be. I know that's the case. So everybody's had to adjust their lives dramatically. Uh, But for so many fans – and for so many people who love Saratoga, it is whether you go for two days of summer or you go for three weeks of summer or you go for the whole summer, Saratoga is important to a lot of people. It's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a huge part of their year. And I'll tell you, next year, God willing, and uh, everything's back to some kind of normalcy, people will be thrilled. And, and let me say this before I turn it over to JJ. If they can get these sports on the field in late July. If they can get a schedule worked out, if baseball is played, even with this 60-game stuff and some of the silly gimmicks, if they can get the NHL playoffs back, and if they can get basketball on the court, and they put these things on TV and on the radio, the ratings are going to be astronomical. Nothing short. People are starved for this. They desperately want the games back. The numbers will be enormous for every one of these sports. I think they will be even bigger than people calculate them to be. 
I think they will be absolutely enormous, the ratings, for all these sports when they come back. That's how much people have missed them. I mean, think about having a uh, Saturday evening or a Friday evening baseball game to watch. Think about having a Yankee-Met game or a uh, Yankee-Washington game, uh, a Yankee-Red Sox game. Think about being able to watch the uh, Lakers play in the uh, Western Conference Finals this year and being able to sit down and watch that game on a uh, Tuesday night or sit down and watch a Stanley Cup final game. Okay, You're going to be thrilled to sit down and watch that. To have that back will be a great joy to a lot of people. It has been a long time. It's been months and months now since anybody's had anything to watch in that regard when they've had legitimate sports back. I mean, listen, we've had golf, and hey, thankfully we have. And I've heard a lot of people who never even would look at golf who have admitted they've watched it. Why? Because it's there. So I think that it's been very tough on a lot of companies that broadcast sports and are in the business of sports, whether it's ESPN or uh, our company or any company out there. They've all had a very tough time. Uh, that will change quickly if sports can make it back. If, and that's still an if, if things go at least on a correct path to late July. And we'll see if that happens. Because obviously we could get a lot of twists and turns even before that with this thing. You know, we're dealing with something here that uh, we don't have by the tail. It's kind of got us by the tail. So uh, we'll see how it works out. JJ's next. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, let me tell you that we're brought to you by Casamigos Tequila as always. So like I said, see you tomorrow. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.